Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Oh, welcome to the program. Today, my friends, we are going to destroy the wallowing. That's a weird word. We are going to rid the world of wallowing. (laughs) Do you wallow? Are you a wallower? How many of you don't even know what a wallower is? James, wallowing, positive or negative? Uh, negative. I would say negative. Uh, what? Neutral. Oh. When one wallows, one wallows woefully. <laughs> willfully. Woefully. No, willfully. You willfully wallow Mm -hmm. when you understand you're wallowing. Most of us don't know we're doing it. You willfully wallow when your wife willows. Hmm? (laughs) What? My wife what? Willows. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Get out the dictionary. Here's the dictionary definition. Wallow. To spend time experiencing or enjoying something without making any effort to change your situation or your feelings. So it's both positive and negative. It could be positive. Now, let me give you an example. I will use it in a sentence. Matt wallowed eating a McRib (laughs) from McDonald's. (laughs) Good sentence. Thank you. I enjoyed it. So you can wallow in like a hot tub. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. You can winkle in a hot tub, too. That's true. (laughs) You wallow and wrinkle in a hot tub. Um, Here's the deal. It also means to roll about in deep mud or water. Yeah. Not in a hot tub, hopefully. Well, no. But by the way, some hot tubs are. Yeah. I mean, some hot tubs are so dirty. (laughs) I would not wallow. I'm going to go there. But here's the deal. So is you would think wallowing in the mud would be a negative thing. It's not. No, I wouldn't think no. so. No. No. Well, what was the last seen, time any of you wallowed in mud? I've seen people in mud baths. All the time. Where? On TV. Okay. Yeah. Rich people on TV wallow Mic- in mud baths. Micro. Micro. Did a mud bath once. Why would a pig wallow in mud? Uh, most animals wallow in the mud to get rid of insects. Yeah. Also because they can't sweat, so they yeah. do it to cool off. So the, and they, they don't stink, too. See? So Positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's not bad. It's like it's like uh, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. That's... In the in the movie what? that I cannot remember the title of. Oh right no, now. it's it's it totally like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you didn't see that no, movie? I, I don't get the comparison. <laughs> uh, I want to say Terminator. Even though, that's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. He would... Predator. Oh, okay, Predator. Yeah. Okay. In the movie was... Predator. Uh-huh. He lands in the mud and stands up, and the predator was following him, but he can't, the predator all of a sudden cannot see him anymore because he's covered in mud. Oh. Ah, so he starts wallowing around trick. in the mud, so the predator cannot get to so him. So next time you're being chased by an alien, then cover yourself, just cover yourself in mud. But that, that's actually a great mud. metaphor because some people wallow, and yes. they just stay in the junk of their life, oh. 
Oh, yeah. And they wallow in it, and that way nobody pays attention to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? They, they don't have to deal with life. Hey, by the way, just a little point, um, Sean. If you would forget some of those facts of movies that you've watched that were irrelevant <laughs> points like that. You, He's wallowing in mud. I know, but you very easily could you could store a lot more new information. <laughs> I, just, just I store lots of information. I know you do. That's amazing. But I, and you still remember Predator. It's like the movie I saw last night was a waste of the digital uh, electricity, that, er, the, the, the digital capacity the that it is that it Why? is what used movie? to store. No, I cannot say. Well, just give us a hint. I can't say. Does it involve a Muppet? No. <laughs> okay. Was there a Terminator? No. Really narrowing it down. No Muppets, no Terminators. <sighs> Wallowing. Now, here's what we're going to talk about on the show. Because a lot of us get stuck. We get stuck in just bad luck, bad mm-hmm. life, bad history, bad decisions, and we're stuck in it. Bad knowledge. Bad knowledge, and we wallow in it. And then sometimes we probably even derive pleasure from being in that bad you know. Vibe. I think I've done that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we've all done it. Like I saw traveling. Uh, I flew to Seattle yesterday. And you can tell people that a bunch of people missed a flight because a plane didn't do whatever, whatever. And they, you could just see people wallow. Mm-hmm. Just so, oh, now I'm going to get in my nice, cozy, warm place of well, being mad at an airline. My wife works for reserv- – uh, reserv- res- does reservations for yes. an airline. Yes, she does. And I, bet she I hear it. stories. So quit wallowing unless you're going to choose the right airline. <laughs> Well, especially stories uh, – well, this one lady booked a flight and then asked, is it going to snow that day? Oh, man. <laughs> so – and my wife great. told her, you know, if I knew that, I wouldn't be working for the airline. This is a great – yeah, really. Why would I be here if I knew the answer to that? I'd be on the Today Show doing the weather. So, so that's what we got to deal with, wallowing. And it doesn't – and again, it could be positive or negative. You can wallow in just a great tradition and just never try to change it and just keep it going and it's neat Wallowing and it's Wallowing a tradition. I didn't think of that because cool. we do that during the holidays. We totally do. My family has lots of traditions. It's the negative stuff that starts mm-hmm. – that's what messes us up. You know what I mean? It's all of a sudden – it's all this negative stuff that it's when we, we – what we're wallowing in is we hate somebody or we're frustrated by somebody and we can't – OK. So here's what we're going to talk about. Constructive wallowing. We're going to get wallowing skills, wallowing 101, how to have constructive wallowing. And uh, a great guest will be joining us next segment. Tina Gilbertson wrote the book on constructive wallowing, how to beat bad feelings by letting yourself have them. Hmm. It's like a little mud, a little salve. You put it on you. Let Have your feelings. Have them. But maybe I guess we'll find out how. But maybe we just can't have them all day. Well, you got to learn how to recognize them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about all that. Or, you know what? Again, not to pitch a product. When I'm sad, I don't wallow in mud. Mm-mm. I make ribbit. Just make ribbit. So you do like what? Make ribbit. Ribbit. You got to say make ribbit. Your frog. Make ribbit. That sounds like a. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. That's oh. just sounds... hold it. Here's the deal. McRibbit. Are you <laughs> capturing this? Because I want France? this on a hot bun. Yeah, McRibbit. Here's the deal. How often do McRibs come? I don't know. Oh, once or twice a year. To me, it's it just is usually a sign of happy times. I can't stand yep. the McRib. I know. Either can I? But I I order it every time. I will and not. Today I ordered it. 
in a combo, which I never really order a combo anymore because I don't want the fries. Yep. Too much food, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, but I ordered it in a combo. I, th- I don't know why. I think it's because I'm a little well, tired. You could have shared the fries with us. Well, I would have, but I ate the fries and the rib kind of made me yeah. a little McRibbed sick. But here's <laughs> the deal. Then they said, would you like another McRib for a dollar? Oh. Whoa. So you did that, didn't you? For a dollar. A dollar. You know, I mean, a one dollar. That's a small price to pay for a McRib. Do you, I mean, just think of how many ribs, you know, they had to lose <laughs> for a buck. In the end, it was it was worth it. Not really, because I didn't I didn't I, I didn't want the first McRib. <laughs> yeah, then I why it. did you order it? Because I I thought oh good memories I have good memories about a McRib I had a oh, McRib yeah. once I loved yeah and I they they're tasty yeah they're tasty and they solve mm-hmm. all problems not sure they're ribs <laughs> Man, I bet they're not a rib but here's the deal um, I ate the first rib sandwich and was wallowing for loving it enjoying it without trying to change it about mm-hmm. about halfway through the first McRib you had to change it I wanted to change it. <laughs> I wanted a new order. You sound like Louis Anderson. <sighs> really? Yeah. Louis about- Anderson did a comedy bit about going to the 7-Eleven and they have two sizes of cups. You have the you know the 16-ounce or the 55-gallon drum for a nickel more. <laughs> yeah. But if your price conscientious. Yeah. So you're walking around the street with this 55-gallon drum with a straw in it yeah. and you're going, hey, nickel more. It was a nickel more. And you didn't even want that much. Exactly. But you – Wanted to save money. That's why I like to buy my beverages and then freeze them. Oh, yeah? You freeze them. You parse them out into 16-ounce cups and then you freeze them. But you buy them at a discount and you freeze them. It's like canning. People used to can their food (laughs) doing the same thing. I go buy my beverage. If you keep it carbonated, if you do it quickly, then I can it and freeze it and then I just break them out and they're frozen. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, another great tip from the Matt Townsend Show. Freeze your beverages. Uh, It is the season of McRibbits. And... Some can wallow, spend time experiencing or enjoying something without even making an effort to change it. That's what we're talking about today. Hey, but when we come back, a great guest, Tina Gilbertson, will be joining us, teaching us the art of constructive wallowing. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. We'll be right back. My old friend, I've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was. Welcome back, everybody. Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, this brings back so many memories of me wallowing. Breakups with girlfriends, girlfriends I never actually had as a girlfriend but wanted to be a girlfriend <sighs> depressing love that song mm. anyway welcome back to the show hey folks today we're talking about wallowing wallowing and by the way uh we gave you one definition before the break to spend time experiencing or enjoying something without making any effort to change your situation your feelings Another definition is to roll about in deep mud or water. Another one is to to become or remain helpless. See, that's what I think. That's the one that most people talk about. Wallowing is where you become or you remain helpless. You just stay stuck. 
So we are talking to the pro now. We're bringing on Tina Gilbertson to join us on today's show. Tina is a licensed professional counselor, works with individuals and adults in her private practice in Portland, Oregon. She also writes a popular weekly blog called Tina's Tidbits and offers classes and seminars, workshops on a variety of different uh, personal development topics. She is also the author of the book Constructive Wallowing, How to Beat Bad Feelings by Letting Yourself Have Them. That's her first book. Let's, uh, let's welcome Tina Gilbertson to the show. Tina, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Matt. It's you bet. great to be here. We've been wallowing. Yeah. It's a well, weird I, word, right? Because we always seem, I mean, we think it's a pretty negative thought to wallow. Yeah. But we were talking earlier about, you know, it, it's, it could be you just spend time enjoying something. Right. Well, I mean, wallowing is a very ugly word, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I picture rhinoceroses. Oh, yeah. Hippopotamuses. Do you ever picture, just just for quick, uh, you know, context, do you ever picture eating a McRib as wallowing? You know, I hadn't thought of that one before. That's how I do it. uh, But listening to you talk about it, yeah, I'm ready to to start another chapter in the the second edition. (laughs) All the vegetarians out there are like, ew. Yeah. Anyway, give give me what is, give me the definition of what is wallowing and then what is constructive wallowing. Well, I, I can definitely give you a definition of constructive wallowing. I got that the word wallowing because my clients, my therapy clients, kept using it. They kept mm. saying, you know, I feel like this and that, but I don't want to wallow. <laughs> I just want to move forward. I don't yeah. want to wallow. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, this is, a, this is a thing that people are beating themselves over the head with. My gosh, I shouldn't wallow. I have to move forward. Yeah. And so I grabbed that word because with all its ugly ugliness and uh, bad implications, and I wanted to turn it around into something that is actually positive. And when I think of, of wallowing, I, I simply think of, you know, the, the mud, yep. being in the mud. And, you know, people pay a lot of money to take mud baths. <laughs> I know. I don't understand it. I do. I'd love to do that. Do, would you be like, if you could, wouldn't you just rather go take a nice warm bath? Instead no. of, like, rub gritty mud on your body? No, I, I, I love the idea of being wow. in mud. That's, that's on my bucket list. Mm. That says uh, a lot about you. What has your therapist said about that, Tina? <laughs> you know, that's something I keep hidden. That's I only good. talk to you about that. Okay, good. So, but but it's know, true. I mean, a lot of people pay the big money to go do it. So there's something, you know, I guess positive there. There is. There's something therapeutic. The thing about wallowing in uh, what we think of as negative feelings is that there's something so incredibly authentic about it. Yeah. It takes us right to our authentic selves. When we, when we stop lying to ourselves, when we stop struggling and judging ourselves for being negative, and we just stop struggling, and we hang out where we are, that is not something I think of as being helpless. Right, I no. think of that as actually taking power and, and making a choice and saying, here I am. You know, I feel like crud, and uh, that's the fact. That's true for me right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna stop uh, lying to myself. About right. It, and I'm gonna say, "Yep, I feel like crud." What's well, it, it seems like? You know, we're we're very into Happyville. Oh yeah. Right. So if if somebody lost somebody dear to them, they might want to just go feel it and just wallow in it, and yet we're like. <sighs> Are you still mourning? 
Yeah. We, we don't say it, but we want them to move ahead, don't we? We we really do. We're uncomfortable with other people who don't appear to be moving ahead because we don't want to be like that. We right. We our own stuff to be triggered by their stuff, and it seems like there's almost something immoral about yeah. not being happy. But here's the thing: if you really think about it, you don't get to choose how you feel in any given moment. And I know there are a lot of people who would disagree with me right. about that. But, but I mean, let's, let's get down to the nitty-gritty and, and ask ourselves, in that moment when you have a feeling about something, somebody says something or does something that just really strikes you as rejecting or, or hurtful in some way, Yeah. I mean, do you really no. get to choose? Well, I'm going to be hurt by that. Yes, I'm going to take that. <laughs> wrong yeah. and i'm going to be hurt by it or, or is or if then they say hey come on pal perk up right you don't get oh okay okay Bing. yeah i'll do that me perky you don't if all you of a sudden turn perky do you no and i would be out of a job if people could do that i know i'm so glad I, we can't well <laughs> think of the I money we're making if we could yeah but you just don't get to perk up just because you want to millions of people would love to do that yep. millions of people would love to be over it already and they're not and they feel like they're doing something wrong and other people feel like they're doing something wrong like why can't you get past this mm-hmm. they would if they could yeah well and then we give them that simple answer right that little trite come on try to pull yourself out of this but they're really is there a way out or is it just yeah. everyone does everyone goes through when they grieve what they need to go through that's it the way out is through okay that's simple it's and that's the quickest way out yeah like when you're in quicksand, do you know how to get out of quicksand? Um, well, I would call my AAA. Okay. So if you've got a cell phone, that's a good way to do it. But, but, but you can't move around, can you? You can't keep no. spinning in it. You, if you, the more you struggle, the faster you sink. Mm. This is what I'm told. I have never been in quicksand, yeah. but this is what I'm told. So apparently what you're supposed to do when you're in quicksand is float. Just lie back in it. Yeah. And then you can float to the edge. Huh. But you have to relax. You have to relax and surrender and be where you are in order to get out of it. You know, it's it's such a true point with everything, like go, going through a university and getting a degree. Mm-hmm. The only way is through. So you can fight it the whole way, you can hate it the whole way, or you can go through it and relax. Right. I what well, you say submit. Yeah, I mean, when you don't have a choice, this isn't this isn't really debatable. Your only choice when it comes to to how you feel is to say, "Yep, I do feel that way," or to lie about it to yourself or others and say, "No, no, I'm fine." Mm-hmm. So that's your only choice. You don't get to choose, as we agreed, how you feel exactly. You can choose your attitude. You can choose your outlook. You can choose your thoughts, maybe, but that's not the same as choosing your feelings. Yeah, because those are those are kind of programmed, I guess, more subconsciously, more more. They're based in more fear and more reactive responses. Is that why we can't turn feelings on and off? Yeah, as far as we know, uh, feelings sort of happen in the in the midbrain, which is functionally and physically and evolutionarily separate from the part of our brains that makes decisions and where we do taxes and plan birthday parties and think about what's ethical, that's a different part of our brains from the the fear and emotion Hmm. uh, part of our brains. So there's no evidence that we can or should be able to 
control how we feel at this point in our evolution. That's great. And so you can choose your attitude about what you're feeling. You can choose your thoughts of how you'll move forward. You can choose, I guess, what you'll do. Yes. But, and, and, and that, I guess, I, down the road changes a feeling. I think what changes a feeling is letting it go through its, its life cycle. Yeah, like so letting it burn out. Exactly. I mean, just like anything else in nature, like a sneeze or a yawn or a lifetime, uh, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if we leave feelings alone, in other words, we don't distract ourselves from them or, or beat ourselves up about it or try not to have it, if we just leave the feeling alone, it'll go through its life cycle. Wow. And there may be many, you know, like when you're, when you're grieving a loss, that's not going to happen uh, just once. Yeah, no. But what I'm saying is an actual emotion lasts maybe a minute, minute and a half. Jeez. Most people are surprised to hear that. That is not, that's nothing. Write it out. Yeah, right. But obviously with a big loss or a big anguish or a big rejection or something to deal with, that, it's gonna, there are layers to it. Yeah. But you've got to ride each wave as it comes and let it, it'll be done that way. You cannot push the river. You can't make it go yeah. faster. Oh, this is great. Okay, we've got to take a break, Tina. Uh, when we come back, what I really I want to get into then, I mean, maybe what we do, I'm wondering if, if, it, if it keeps happening, is there a way that we prolong it and we make the emotion keep coming up, keep banging us over the head um, by something we're doing to keep creating that emotion? We'll talk about that when we come back. More with Tina Gilbertson, the author of the book Constructive Wallowing, How to Beat Bad Feelings, by letting yourself have them. Wow, that's a novel idea. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show after this break. Welcome back, friends, of the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about feelings, emotions, wallowing is the topic, and how we can be more constructive, maybe, in our uh, process of wallowing. Now, that sounds weird, like we're going to prescribe how one should wallow. I personally like to just listen to REM. Just, just feel it. Uh, today on the show, we have Tina Gilbertson. She's a licensed professional counselor and the author of the book Constructive Wallowing, How to Beat Bad Feelings by Letting Yourself Have Them. And she's been teaching us the power of just allowing the feelings to come and live their life cycle. They'll come and they go. And, you know, the idea of maybe trying to change it uh, may not be the right approach. Am I right there, Tina? Yeah, I think it's trying to change it that does the most damage and that keeps us stuck. Mm-hmm. So feelings, they just want to move through. They just want to do their thing. And as we talked about, they last maybe a, a minute or two when, when they're there. But what happens a lot is if we think we're feeling a feeling, but really it's coming up, we see it out of the corner of our eye and we go, oh, I don't want to feel that. That's, yeah. that's awful. And Yikes. then we go reach for a drink or something to eat. or Yeah, we avoid it. Whatever. Yeah, we avoid it. Um, in whatever ways, there are all sorts of different ways of suppressing and denying our feelings. And so what happens is then the feeling cannot go through its life cycle. It's just kind of hanging out in the green room waiting. <laughs> is it my turn yet? Is it my yeah. turn how yet? about now? Yeah. Yeah, how about now? Is now a good time? Oh, there's a commercial on. There's a baby. <laughs> I'll wait. Let's, 
yeah, there's a family. Uh, I'm gonna, and then the tears are gonna come because there's an opportunity. Is is the is the opposite true too? Where it seems like some people can have a feeling like, ah, oh, I'm a loser. Okay, that's not a feeling. Okay, what is that? That's a okay. judgment. Okay, yeah. So um, sometimes our feelings. The people who look the most like they're wallowing are the people who most actually need to wallow in their feelings. What they're doing instead is they're walking around and they're kind of flinging their feelings out at other people. Here, you feel this for me, because I don't want to. There you go, yeah. You know, I'm going to say, hey, Matt, I'm such a loser. This happened to me, that happened to me. Isn't that awful? I'm inviting you to have some pity for me, some sympathy, because I don't have any. Um, I I secretly suspect that I don't deserve any sympathy. Yeah. And when you get turned off by my behavior and you stop returning my calls, then it just I just say, yep, I knew it. I knew it. I am a loser and nobody likes me and I don't deserve any sympathy. But that's it's different. Really that, that's different than that's just a feeling. But the, I mean, the emotion, there's a difference between the emotion and the judgment of it. The judgment is the interpretation. Right. And the, but the feeling you're saying, allow the feeling to come in, I guess, let it teach you. Right, exactly. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about how we can create feelings with thoughts, but I think that thoughts can also spring from feelings. You bet. So if, we're, if I'm walking around feeling, uh, you know, rejected, then I might have a lot of thoughts about how nobody likes me. Mm-hmm. But those thoughts are coming, it's the feeling that comes first. And actually, the wallowing that a lot of people, that we think about when we think about wallowing, yeah. is more like ruminating. Yeah. Which is thinking and thinking about, oh, this thing that happened. Oh, wasn't that awful? Oh, geez, I can't get over it. And I think about it every single day, and every single day it makes me feel awful. Interesting, yeah. So what that is, I think, is I feel awful about what happened. But instead of just sitting and tolerating those feelings of whatever, rejection, dismay, anger, whatever, instead of just having my feelings, I can't do that. My brain is stepping in and saying, I'm going to fix this. I am going to look at what happened from every single possible angle, and I'm going to find a way in which it comes out better. Hmm. I'm going to find a way in which I was right. I'm going to find a way in which it doesn't hurt so much. And that's why we go over and over and over things, is our brain is trying to find a way that, it, that it's okay. But it never works because it's not okay. Yeah, right, and, and it's usually not fixing the right thing. Right. It's so never fixing really... the... It's just making up stories. Yeah, right. But what's meanwhile... We've got these feelings that were triggered by what happened that mm-hmm. are not being addressed, and so they can't go away, and so they can. So we get stuck. So if we could, um, if we see we are having feelings like we're sad because mm-hmm. of the loss of someone, yeah, we we allow now. It is. It seems like to me those feelings will come to us naturally, just as you're grieving and going through the process. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, it seems like our mind will start to make. You know, try to make sense of the feelings like, well, yeah, you should be afraid because now who's going to pay the bills and how are you going to and then it starts creating stress or anxiety or other things for you that you need to deal with. What should we do when we have the feeling of sadness about the loss of somebody? Just talk about it. Just talk about what we miss. And but it seems like to me that might conjure up more of the feeling or maybe Ah, is that what it does? Yeah, no. That's what that's what it that's what we think because um, you know we don't um, we don't really have a good handle on this. Kids don't learn this in school. We, we don't right, teach it in right. families. When you when you look at a feeling and you allow yourself to have a feeling and you go, "Wow, I feel really really sad. I feel despair." 
it seems like that's a dangerous thing to do, because the more I look at it, the bigger it seems to get. Sure. Right? But, but, but that's not true, because the more, the more you look at something, uh, that doesn't make it grow. It is exactly what it is. Uh-huh. It's there all the time, whether you're looking at it or not. But expressing it would actually lower the emotion of it, it seems. It would certainly lower the fear and anxiety around it. Yeah. The fear that says, oh my gosh, I'm feeling something that's, mm-hmm. that's maybe too, too big. I, don't, I can't handle it. That's and interesting. so I have to put it away in a closet. It's so true, isn't it? And then maybe we quickly jump to solving it instead of just feeling it. And yes. feeling it is the resolution. Feeling exactly. is the resolve. That's where it closes. That's exactly, that's exactly right. But feeling then, but it, then it still seems like you'd conjure fear. Well, I don't to conjure. It's already there. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, but you, well, I guess what I'm saying is you would take the emotion and you're either going to tend to make it into something we want to hide, solve, uh, ru- so ruminate, make it bigger, add complexities to it, um, so really, all you're doing is confusing just a very basic emotion. Exactly. Yeah, if you can just let it be, it is what it is, and it'll be gone at, at the earliest opportunity, as, as soon as it's done with us. I don't believe that people hang on to feelings. I think people desperately try to get rid of yeah. feelings that are uncomfortable. We're not stupid. Yeah. We, don't, we want to feel good. So um, it may seem like people are holding on to things and won't let them go, but that's just... Uh, I, I just can't imagine anybody... Uh, doing that. I mean, yes, you can talk about the secondary gain of complaining and getting sympathy from other people, but that's not wallowing. That's behaving. Wallowing is inside. It's internal. It's private. It's personal. No one knows you're doing it. Mm -hmm. It's all, and it's, it's really in your heart, but then our mind will still make up a story for it. Maybe. Yeah. Or whatever, wherever it's located, it's somewhere in you. Oh yeah. And then we need stories or whatever. Yeah. Because we've got all this training that says that, that, that says what you're supposed to do when you have an emotion. Like, good people, for example, don't get angry. Yeah. So if, if I feel angry, then I, I've got to do something about that. I've got to find a way to make that okay. It's interesting. It's funny. We don't even know how to sit with people. And no, we, we, right. we always have to advise them or, yeah. you know, do a dance. Hey, do you want to listen to music? It's anything to pep them up. And, and really, I guess the best thing you could do is, so I, I guess, what do you say? You just say, I can see you're really hurting. Yeah. And then you just, they'll say, yeah, but what if, I mean, I guess you don't try to control it either. You just yeah. let it be whatever it is. The more you can sit with your own feelings, the easier it will be to sit with other people when they're having feelings. Because you'll have this confidence that you really don't have to do anything, that just being there is enough. Mm-hmm. Man. But there's a, there's a direct relationship between you know, how comfortable I am with my own feelings and how comfortable I am with yours if you're showing them to me. Oh, but see, I don't, I don't know if you know, Tina. Uh, this isn't good for men. Mm, because yeah. a lot of men are thinking, uh, real men don't cry. Yeah, but, but, but that crying, remember, is a behavior that you're showing yeah. to other people. Well, I know, so, but real men don't emote. <laughs> yeah. Real men, right. I, but the reality is, is we do. And yeah. you can, and what it is, I guess that means is that real men aren't showing their wallowing. They just privately, they don't behave out their wallowing. Sometimes they just quietly go feel it. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's the, that's perfect wallowing. If no one knows you're doing it, you're doing it right. But you've got to be completely self-compassionate in the privacy of your own heart. Yeah. 
you got to know that it's perfectly normal and legitimate for you to feel however you feel. Yeah. I mean, isn't that really just what therapists are trying to do is let your feeling be legit. It's just your feeling. It's your emotion. It's, It's yours. Yeah. I mean, that's what I got from my therapy was when I shared my feelings with my therapist and she didn't freak out and she wasn't concerned about me and she didn't think there was something wrong with me for the way I felt, I was like, oh, hmm. I guess feelings are just feelings and they don't need to be judged or evaluated. They just... Wow. Cool. This is why we can't get this out because if everybody knows this, Tina, psychology and therapy as we know it will collapse. That's right. That's right. I look forward to looking for a new job. I think that would be great. But isn't that interesting? Because we always think it's the talking mm. that is the therapy. I mean, a lot of times women get this bad rap for always wanting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But maybe what we're really the, the real out the real benefit isn't the talk. It's just mm-hmm. accepting someone's emotion. Exactly. It's what you get back when you talk. That's that's what's helpful. It's mm-hmm. the compassionate witness to who you are and what you're going through that's healing. That's cool. Yeah. Man, we could just end right there, but I've, I've got more questions. Okay, I have um, more answers, I hope. You do, I know you do. Let's take a break, and when we come back, I, I know one of the things you talk about, you have a method that you call truth, and that's uh, a method to help us constructively wallow. I'm sure you've already taught it in principle. When we come back, I'd love you to detail that for us, how to, uh, how to sit there and just be honest with your emotion yourself we're going to take a break coming back continuing the discussion on constructive wallowing you're listening to the matt townsend show right here on sirius xm 143 i fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. Welcome back, everybody. Johnny Cash. (laughs) I love those trumpets or whatever. That's cool. Hey, today we're talking about constructive wallowing. Are you able to just have a feeling and just sit in it? Or do you have to turn it into something? Man, we're always driven, it seems like, to just keep producing something. A thought, an excuse, justification, you know, a police record for some of us. How do you just have the feelings and allow people to have their feelings? And according to our guest today, um, just let the emotion kind of take its course. Tina Gilbertson's her name. She's a licensed professional counselor from Portland, Oregon, and a popular blogger uh, by uh, the title of her blog is Tina's Tidbits, and she offers classes, seminars, you name it, she's got it. But she also uh, is the author of the book Constructive Wallowing, How to Beat Bad Feelings by Letting Yourself Have Them. Tina Gilbertson, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Matt. I'm having a good time, and I'm loving those music choices. Isn't that, aren't those great? Yeah. Uh, see, to me, it's, that's my team right there. And they they know how to channel emotion. Thus, yeah. Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire. Yeah. Hey, um, talk to me about your truth method. You have, uh, I guess, a method that you teach to make sure we're we're having constructive wallowing. And I, I do love that you, you differentiated between wallowing is is different than ruminating, 
Ruminating is, I guess, when we're when we're starting to convolute or make up stories and distress and, and, and change an emotion. Is that what ruminating is? We use our mind, our brain to convolute. Yeah. I think of it as as using the brain. Period. Yeah. If you're if you're using your mind, you're ruminating, and wallowing is more just pure emotion. You see, it's interesting. It's also seems like it's. It's on the it's the verge of spirituality too, right? It's you're mm-hmm. you're right there. This, this seems like meditation where you're supposed to go to that neutral place. Yeah, there's definitely a, definitely a, a mindfulness aspect here, and and lots of compassion. Yeah, we talked before the break about having a compassionate witness. Yep. To what's happening for you and how healing that is. So I came up with the truth technique just to give people something concrete to hold on to while they try to do this constructive wallowing thing. So, you know, I go over it in a lot of detail. Detail, book, right. But I, but I can uh, give you the, the thumbnail yeah. version here. So the truth technique is, uh, consists of five parts of this process, and all the parts work together at the same time. And the parts spell out the word truth. So the first T is tell yourself the situation. Just really briefly, you know, um, uh, I had a fight with my brother, or uh, I lost my job, or I'm out of marshmallows, (laughs) I wanted to make s'mores, or whatever it is, to to the best of your ability. And sometimes it's just, I feel bad and I don't know why. (laughs) So there's no way to get this wrong. You just tell yourself the situation as you know it. And that's the T. And then R is realize what you're feeling. This can be hard because what this calls for you to do is to put a word to your feeling or yeah. feelings if you can. And so many of us, I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up with lots of different uh, <laughs> nuanced emotional words. No. Um, Me so, mad. Yeah, well, Matt, that's a good start. <laughs> Matt mad. Matt yeah. mad. But is Matt, you know, frustrated, resentful, annoyed, irritated? What you know? What shade of mad? So, to, to the best of your ability, put a word to it. And this is just to kind of uh, stop the mind from going. Well, he, he was a jerk to me, or sure. that shouldn't have happened. We want to look for a, a feeling word that says, "I'm, I feel resentful. Hmm. I feel insecure. I feel ashamed. I feel remorseful. Something like that." And you want the word really to be. You want it to be the feeling. A word yeah, the for the emotion, the feeling. Yes. Okay. And uh, try not to over-intellectualize this. You know, you can get caught up. Yeah. Yeah, like, is that a feeling or is that an action? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but if, it really helps to have a list of feeling words yeah. handy. So I've got one in my book. They're, they're all over the place online if you, just, if you just do a search for emotion words. Because it can be really helpful to just look at a list and go, oh, yeah, that's kind of what it is right mm-hmm. there. I feel dread about what's coming up. That's a good one. That's one that's often... Dread is a great yeah. one. Um, so then you, you try to put a word to the emotion just to kind of bring some order to the chaos, right? Yeah. This thing is going on. I feel this. And then the you in the truth technique is, and this is really where we get into the healing part, uncover self-criticism. When we have a hard time dealing with feelings, there's usually, at least I have found as a therapist talking to people about this, there's usually some element of self-criticism. Oh, yeah. Usually sounds something like this. I'm too sensitive. This isn't that big a deal. What's wrong with me? I should be over this by now. Um, only, Only jerks and petty people 
feel this way about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So some that, put down. There's something yeah. lowering you. Some thought. Yeah. Some some criticism where you're you are beating yourself up. Right. And you know, I have people visualize a person lying on the floor in a fetal position, feeling in pain, and then getting yelled at and kicked by somebody else while they're in pain. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we do to ourselves when we're when we're beating ourselves up in that so way. So true. So true. So uncover self-criticism. And then uh, the second T is, instead of that, try to understand yourself. So why would a good person feel the way I feel? Hmm. That's huge. So, so then you're, you're really just trying to have compassion for yourself. Bingo. That's, that's great. It. Yeah, why would a good person feel this way? Oh, well... That's really important. Like, why would a good person feel uh, unhappy about their best friend getting a promotion, mm-hmm. for example? Well, that promotion was my best shot, I thought, for a good life, and now it's gone. No wonder I can't drum up happiness yeah. for my friend. So look for a way to say, no wonder I feel this way. Take your own side. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then H, the H of the truth technique, is just a reminder to have the feeling. This isn't about, this isn't an intellectual exercise. This isn't something you do when you're feeling calm and good. This is something you do when you're having feelings. So have the feeling. You've got a word for it. You know why you're feeling that way. Where is it in your body? How does it feel to, to be you right now? What is it like? And just be there. That's interesting because then... You know, your brain's done the work. You have a word for it. You understand kind of both sides of the argument and because you'll naturally think you're not good enough. And why would a good person do this? Because I'm afraid in this moment. I've got this going yeah. on, this going on. And then just allow then the feeling to just go. Yep, you got it. And then the feeling itself, like an energy, will just, I guess, dis- dissipate. It, it, it does. You find that it moves through you. It peaks. You know, it yeah. peaks and it feels pretty – it feels the way it feels. But then you find, if you stay with it, that it dissipates on its own, just like a sneeze or a yawn. Yeah. And then I guess it seems like a lot of us, let's let's say we went through that, and one of the reasons I was feeling such frustration about not getting the job is because I didn't, it was my last hope. I guess then I I can also have insight without the fear and without the emotion Mm -hmm. and go do something with it now. Like, go find another hope, go find another Go reroute my thinking, and maybe there's another way. And That's right. And too often we try to take a shortcut. Yeah, we try to get right to the H, don't we? Yes, right. But So that's why you say we got to go through. We've got to go through the feeling, the self-criticism, the understanding, and then have the feeling and allow it to be there in order to let it go. Right, and then we can, on the other side of that, in, from a cool-headed place, we can make decisions about what to do cool. from there. But what you don't want to do is decide from the feeling, because a feeling oh. is, is going to create an impulse that's going to make you do something yeah. just that the feeling wants you to do. Well, and it I guess you, be- you don't want to do it either from just the, the feeling or the dread. You don't want to do it from the criticism. Right. And you also don't want to just do it from, you know, the, I call it the high road, the, just the positive interpretation either, because there's also a negative side to this. So you need, you need the whole picture. Yep. And this provides the whole picture. I think so. That's powerful. Wow. Hmm. You should you I need should to write a book about that. Well, you ought to write a book on that. <laughs> and then you ought to get on Oprah. Because yeah. that that I mean the reality is t- how much of our life is just 
emotion management. I mean, emotion experiencing. You're so right. Life is an emotional experience. And if we're fighting with our emotions all the time, that's what we're spending our time doing. That's right. And then we die. Yeah. Sadly. But then we get, then everyone around us can use this new pattern. It's yeah. powerful. I really, I love what you've done. Tina, we have, um, we have about a minute. Tell me, tell me, um, what's the one thing when somebody's having an emotion, wallowing in it effectively, um, what, what's the one thing we need to remember overall? That it doesn't matter if you're right to feel the way you do. Once you have a feeling, it's valid. You, you have to run with it on the inside. Don't act on it. Yeah, yeah. Acting's but, different than feeling. Yeah, acting is different from just having a feeling. But don't question the feeling. It's there for a reason. Have it. Huh. Have the feeling. That is cool. Because it's there to teach you. Yeah, there's and something it, about, yeah, there's a reason it's there. That's beautiful. Tina, where do they get your book? Uh, website, where do they go? It's available everywhere. The books are sold online. It's in bookstores. It's at your local library. If it's not, you can ask them to order it. And you can find me and much, much more about the book at either constructivewallowing.com or my website, tinagilbertson.com. Cool. Well, Tina, we love having you on. We'll have to have you back. And uh, I would love that, Matt. This has been a lot of fun. Well, it's fun for us, too, because you're, you're getting to the real issue. Powerful. Yeah. Well done, Tina. Thank you, and uh, take care. Um, Everybody, go check out that book, Constructive Wallowing, How to Beat Bad Feelings by Letting Yourself Have Them. Heaven forbid. So, James, you can feel what you feel. You can feel love. You can have it. So quit getting mad at us about that. Go have it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll go to the Coach's Corner and continue the great discussion about constructive wallowing. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right after this break. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to hour number two of the Matt Townsend Show. It's my life coaching corner. It's my life. Anyway, earlier we were discussing... um, Wallowing constructively? Ribbits. Ribbits? McRibbits. McRibbits. We were discussing wallowing and uh, just that... That ability to allow yourself to have an emotion, a feeling, and just let it be. But what happens, and I think, I wonder if this is an American problem. I don't know. Because we are so prone to have to do something about it. Well, here's the question I have. When when you and Tina were talking last yeah. hour about this constructive wallowing, how do you know when it's too long? Well, she would say, "There's what do you mean, too long? How, how do you know the feeling? Well, well, how long should one have an emotion? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. As long as you need it. That's what she'd say. I guarantee she'd say, it's telling you something. So what it is, though, we have this idea like, got it. I got the point. Now, yeah. shut it down. Let's move on. That's what I think. Let's move on. But, but I think that's that's us. That's our brains that think. We, is that just guys? Well, I think No, I think it's kind of, I think it's. 
humans. Okay. They probably we probably value emotion less than action. Right. Mm, okay. But mm-hmm. see, the irony, like, because you know, action would make you, it would feed you. Action right. would mean you didn't get eaten. Like, if mm-hmm. a saber toothed tiger is coming to kill you, that's an emotion. You'll you'll feel it. Right. But at some point, you got fight or flight. Hurry. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta act on it. So I think we have this tendency to favor the action more than maybe the direction. Hmm. And I think maybe what emotion is teaching us is the direction we need to head, and most of us aren't very in tune to that. So if you deal with the feeling instead of saying, okay, I've learned this, let's move on, will it be sh- do you think it would be a shorter time that you would have the feeling? That's, or- I would bet. Okay. Well, I think that's what she was saying, yeah. though, is that, that the, the length of time that you're going to be experiencing or like you're going to be emoting yeah. is going to be completely dependent on the emotion, on the that's situation. Right. Well, yeah. If you just lost somebody dear to you, how long should it take? Yeah. And it's probably not once. It's probably 500 times. And you then what we do – we talked about this on, a, on another show about mm-hmm. ruminating is when our brain takes over and starts – Turning the emotion into everything else. Yeah. And mm. once kind of the mind kicks in, it messes you up. We do that. Now, so this is all – all of these examples she's giving are just me dealing with my own truth, me dealing with my own pain and emotion. I'm – this uh, Saturday, I have a date night. We'll have, mm. I don't know, four or 500 people in a room talking about peace, how you get peace. But how do you get peace when everybody around you drive you crazy? They drive you crazy. And, I've, I've had that. Oh, and we'll have it. Thanksgiving is a big, you know, that's why we do it in November because the holidays are coming and you're and the goose is getting fat. Mm. <laughs> you have to put pennies. You don't in have to pen. tell me that. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I meant no offense. Um, but we we get so mad at people and we have this feeling because they did something and then that what they did we are sure is what's causing this emotion and this feeling. And what she would say is, okay, then you take everything else aside, go deal with the emotion of it. And But what we do instead is we quickly turn that feeling into thoughts and into actions and justification. And then we respond in a way that's exactly counter to what we believe. So if I'm justified to hate you because you're a drunk driver that killed my family member, I have emotion there. I think Tina would say go – Go process your own emotion and that's what you should probably do is go process the emotion and don't turn it into a lot of thoughts and she just went through that awesome pattern of truth thing. But um, what we do instead is we justify it in our anger and we're ticked and we're peeved and then I hate you and then that hate becomes my sin Mm -hmm. and my sin actually was caused apparently by your sin. And so your sin makes me mad. My sin makes – it doesn't make you mad but it makes me sick. So I'm not hurting because of what you did per se. I mean my emotion is if I lost a child or somebody I lost. Right. That hurts. That's one thing. Then I hate you becomes another thing. So now I'm becoming dysfunctional because my need to act, because my need to move on, because my right. need to turn it into something. And that's what we're going to teach in this program is peace doesn't come from um, a poll by nine out of ten dentists. Nine out of ten neighbors say you should be mad at that person that ran your family off the road. That's true. They, I would agree with that. That 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 poll would be right there. Nine out of ten mothers would say I too would. I would then yes. hunt that guy down and I would run over him. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the the problem with all of our wonderful – I call that logical force. So it's logical so you now have the energy to do something that's immoral. But is it societal logic? It's totally societal logic. Okay. Notice the word she used. I think that was so fascinating was um, – what was the term she used? It was – oh, it was so beautiful. Compassionate witness. Yeah. So I would call that your conscience. So if you want to have peace, then don't go for consensus. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're going to have inner peace, you can't ask other people for it. Mm-mm. And I can't hope that him going to court will bring me peace. No. You, if, the whole legal side of it, you gotta, you got to just let that deal with itself. It. But, what, but what if the legal side doesn't go well? What if the legal side doesn't go well? Because if it doesn't go the way you want it, now it's logical to do whatever you need to do. Yes. People in Ferguson are struggling with this because they they felt oppressed. They felt hurt. Yeah. And – if they if it doesn't go the way they think logically it should go, they're going to have to, I guess, act, well, not wallow in it. The wallow sounds so negative. Isn't that what happened at the OJ trial? It's it's exactly, and it but again and it and it happens everywhere. It happens every day. I mean, look at our political system. Mm-hmm. So well, okay, you took away some of the the protocols that they use in the Senate where we can equally, um, what's it called filibuster any you know any decisions or any actions in the Senate. So the Democrats took it. So now when the Republicans get it, I mean, I guess it's logical that we should do the exact same thing to you. But back then they were arguing how immoral it was. And now the question is, are they going to remain immoral or is it now moral? Because logically we've heard each other. So what I'm going to get into big time in the state night, and eventually it'll be online. You just go to matttownsend.com. But is you eventually have to just choose. Do you want to go with your principles and get your peace from your beliefs and aligning your life to your beliefs? Or do you want to go with logical force, which is the poll? So peace is going to come from principles or it's going to come from polling. And um, in the well, end, it's never going to come. Is that principles or public? Is that what? Well, principles, well, it could be public, yeah, pub, like the, what the public logic yeah. would be. But the reality is it's not going to last. And so anytime you're thinking you're going to have peace being justified to be immoral, even if it's justified, mm-hmm. you're still not going to have peace. You know what? We still know no matter what. So we go, we go to war and it's justified. But these men aren't coming home with peace. No. And, um, and, it, and again, it doesn't – there's a whole side of that. Whether we need to go or not, that's a whole other discussion. But in the end, you, it's, you cannot be immoral and have moral authority. And peace comes from being aligned to principle and – so at some point, we all need more compassionate witnesses where it's just like, good, what would God really have me do? So one of the powerful things, I'm, I can't teach this. I can teach it. I guess I can teach it anywhere I want to teach it. So I try to get more of my peace from my God and my principles and not from my position or my power or my popularity, which is sinking quickly. <laughs> so there, that's one of the things we're going to talk about. So I don't know. I think she's she. That was a beautiful thing. But how many of us can actually sit there and not have to move it to something else? Not take that emotion. A lot of the times we have to fold that emotion into this new action we want to take. People that are yeah. divorcing and they're justified because my husband had an affair. Right. Oh, I mean, he's so a jerk. I, I have to be able to do something to equal that. Uh-huh. Or that just action. or I have to hate him, and then we need that right. hate in order to go through with the divorce. That we're not even convinced is needed or right, but we are so hurt that it's justified. 
That makes sense. And it's also like de- delaying the inevitable. I really like what she said that the emotion goes into the green room. Oh, it's you know, and just wait. Yeah, it's coming out. Yeah, it's gonna eventually come out. it's going to come out. Right. And but you're just delaying it by That's doing right. all these other actions that well, aren't and, helping. And we're putting ban- and all of a sudden we're trying to solve fifty problems when it's just one. It could have been one. Yeah. And the one problem was ours all along. <laughs> and it's just it's just emotion. I just really think we just need to let it go. I mean, let it go. Well, we've got somebody in our green room. That's the that's the twelve thousandth time we've played that song. <laughs> I'm sure you've kept track. Yeah. Moving. Moving right along. Sarah Gowans is in the house and I th- she was she brought her kids. She brought her kids. But she's gonna be teaching us about teenage funk. Uh, by the way, something we've been trying to get James out of for years. <laughs> well, we gave him knives, but he gave those, gave those away. So, Teenage funk. Uh, when we come back with Sarah Gallon, you're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. This is BYU Radio. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. We need the bump. Funk. The funk. Yeah. Is that what that is? I'm so losing my hearing. You know what it is? To my name, McRibs. Interfering with your hearing. In the house, Sarah Gowans. Uh, gyrating. Is that what you call it these days? I, I don't know. I didn't know what it was, I, and I didn't want to look. There's a difference between being in a funk and getting funky. I love to get funky. Well, <laughs> that was awkward. Uh, your daughter's here. Introduce she your is. daughter. Yeah, I brought my youngest. Her name is Faith. She came Faith. with me. That's a beautiful name. Yep. She's got beautiful long hair and a killer smile. Man, how old are? How old is she? She's ten. Ten. Have yeah. I got a young man for you, Faith? Ooh. I have a nine-year-old son. What do you think of that? Joshua She's Richard. Shaking her head no. JR Junior, we call him. <laughs> hey, um uh Sarah Gowns is in the house. She graduated from BYU Idaho, which used to be called Ricks College back then. Degree in elementary education. She's a certified foot zonologist. We call her a certified foot tease because she keeps coming in here saying she's gonna fix I have yet my plantar to get my fasciitis. Hands on you. Yes. Yeah, we have to actually get three levels of permission from BYU Broadcasting in order to have you touch my feet. But I, I'm still suffering plantar. I know. I went through the airport yesterday, and a lot of people complain when they go through um, the security section. Yeah. Loved it. Got to take my shoes off, stretch my feet a bit. Nice. It's totally wonderful. And they have the padded mat you can stand oh, on, and it yeah. tells you where to place mm-hmm. your feet. Too. It was awesome. And they were frisking me, and but I was standing on the mat, so my feet felt great. Did you get funky while you were getting frisked? No, no. They actually told me to hold still. Oh. But I'm very ticklish. <laughs> they so don't have they much keep of a tickling sense of me. humor. No, they're not. They're not funny. So, but yeah. we love them. Oh, they're keeping us safe. Hey, today, Sarah, when I was eating lunch, mm-hmm. I thought of you. I heard about what you ate for lunch, Matt. That's why I thought of you. Have you had a McRib lately? Mm, no. You haven't had... I, I've got a half a sandwich. Oh, no. I threw it away. You ask it... Oh. You know, I'm glad you threw half of it away. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's a McRib. We call it a McRibbits. <laughs> I, I never know what to say when you talk about the food you eat because it's like leaves me speechless. I know. You know what? It leaves me speechless. <laughs> hey, uh, today you're going to talk to us about helping identify the cause of the funk in our kids. 
or in us? Well, yeah. So I am so excited to talk about funk today. No, <laughs> you kids. know, that's weird because a lot of people aren't like super excited about funk talk. Well, I guess I'm a little twisted that way. You like way, feet but... and funk. <laughs> hey, I should start a blog called Feet, feet and, and Funk. funk. Oh, that'd be, that's a great. Oh, actually, no, because that makes that's there's a lot of that sounds like your feet have got. They're oh, dirt, they're that's dirty. true. A lot of fun. Doesn't in your sound feet. too good. But what? No. Uh, why would you be excited of about such a well, topic? Well, so this is the thing: is our kids get in funks, right? Oh yeah. And it was funny because Faith asked me when we were coming down. She said, "What are you talking to Matt about today, Mom?" Oh, and I said, "Well, we're talking about kids being in a funk and how we can help them get out yeah. of the funk." And she said, "Oh, so he's having you talk about stuff you don't know anything about, huh?" Had oh, <laughs> a girl, Faith. Way to jab, Mom. You and she would get along. <laughs> I would she love that. To. We got to talk. But so I thought I was I was pretty good at you helping are. my She's kids. She's teasing but, you. Yeah. She better be. So no, kids get in a funk. And as parents, I think sometimes it's kind of hard to like mm-hmm. figure out. We want to always fix it and help them. Yeah. I, so. I, I get a, one or two clients a day where it's a mom that her child's depressed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're not. You know, it's, it's a million different things. Yeah. And sometimes it's just mom. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, so the funk can come from a million different places. Yeah. So what do we do? So I think the first thing is um, kind of if your child is what you would think is in a funk, yeah. um, try to identify what it is that's getting them there. And hopefully you're connected enough with them that sure. you know. Yeah. Like if it's because there's some things that aren't as serious and some that are more serious. Oh, so you if bet. It's, there's normal teenage, what I call teenage junk. Yeah. Well, yeah, if they're a 14 year old girl. And they're competing with you as a mom. Yeah. That just might be normal. Yeah. Or maybe they just aren't interested in family activities. They roll yeah. their eyes. They don't yeah. want to come along. Or they mm-hmm. their room is messy. They don't want to do their chores. That's or right. they're just not loving school or whatever. That's so normal teenage yeah. junk that, it, you know, it's that, okay. Yeah. But sometimes it might be more like if it's alcohol abuse or, mm-hmm. you know. So what we're talking their about today. Their grades are dropping. Yeah. So if they're chronically truant at school or whatever. Yeah. So those things we're not talking about today because okay. okay. that's those a whole are, different story. That's the heavy lifting. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about more the lighter stuff that just maybe they're just kind of the day down to day, and out or yeah. whatever. And um, it's interesting because I was um, asking – I have actually three teen- teenagers in the house right oh, now. Oh, man. So I was um, asking some of their friends, you know, what gets you guys in a funk or yeah. what do you think yeah. about it? And it was interesting because what I heard the most was – um, they just said, you know, just trying to fit in uh-huh, at be school cool. yeah. and yeah. And, and the second question I asked him was, what do you wish your parents would do to help you? What's what a you great think? question. So what I loved, what I heard back was they just said, I just wish that my parents would talk to me and listen oh and just heavens. be invested in. See, in my kids would on. say, I want a phone. <laughs> yeah, and I'd have to buy him a phone. You haven't bought them a phone. No, I my older two have phones, but the younger two we're not giving them phones. Yeah, it's no, it's the devil's workshop. Yeah, it's fat. That's fabulous. Well, but it's causing a funk. Yeah, <laughs> our house is very somber lately. Oh, they keep thinking it'll be a Christmas present. So yeah, no, not doing it. So maybe you, you can surprise them. But your kids want to talk to you. Yeah, so that was actually the feedback that I got from the teenagers That's that I beautiful. sent out this my unofficial poll to. Yeah. So, um, so that so what I was th- as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I thought, you know, I think that um, that is more common than we think oh, in sure. teenagers you or bet. any kids for that matter. Yeah. Um, I just was kind of focusing on teens because I think 
they tend to be more in a funk sometimes than yeah. the younger ones do. But um, so anyway, I was just kind of studying up and, and thinking about, okay, so if they want us to talk to them, then we need to be good listeners as parents and we need to help them, you know. Open up. Yeah. So I just kind of thought through some um, points and ideas yeah. to do with that. Give us some. What what Because like I look at my boys and I could try, I don't know. I don't know because maybe it's a boy thing. You know what I mean? Because my boys are like, my wife will always try to get them to talk. Like, like, how was school? Good. What happened with your friend Jimmy that, remember you were fighting with Jimmy? Talk about what happened with Jimmy. And they, they don't, don't tell you. About. See, <laughs> I can't relate to that because I only have girls. But I Do they pipe heard... up and talk? Oh, oh we I will talk that. until two in the morning sometimes. Will so. you really? Mm-hmm. Wow. No wonder they don't get up in the morning. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they get home from a date and they are just, yep, 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 yep. In fact, when I first married Joe, he was yeah. like, why are they still here? We're, we're, it's why? time for bed. And yeah. I'm like, Go oh, this is the greatest part, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that is actually one of the things I was going to bring up is some, it might be easier to get them to talk to you sure. than others. And I actually do have one that it's harder for her to open up and talk. But you should still try and yeah. at least tell them you're there and maybe just sit with them. Yeah. You don't have to talk. Yeah, that's be true. There. Yeah. So, and I loved listening um, to your earlier guest and talking about allowing, just kind of allowing the feeling. Yeah, that was like, actually the first point that I was going to make. Is oh, wow. That, she stole your thunder. Oh, my heck. She was awesome. I yeah. loved listening to everything that she had to say. And so I think that actually um, with all of us, not only with teenagers, is we just want to be heard yeah. and validated. So that was a big that's validation, validation 101, right? It's just yeah. having an emotion and, and allowing someone to have it mm-hmm. and, and, and even share it. If you want to share it, tell me what you're feeling and yeah. not, me, not me. I don't want to correct your feeling. Right. Oh, grow up. So, yeah. So I wrote down a definition of validation that um, I found in a book that I love. It's called I Don't Have to Make Everything All Better yes, by Gary book. and Joy um, Lundberg. Lundberg. So they, by, in their book, they said validation is being able to empathetically listen and understand to another person's point of view without having to change it. And yeah. I think that that's so important. That was a big lesson for me to learn years ago when I first read that because I used to think, if I'm listening to someone and they're telling me something and I don't agree with it, yeah. I can't um, validate them because right. then I'm not being true to yeah. what I believe. Everyone thinks that, huh? Which they, is so not yeah. true. But you can understand somebody and not agree. Yeah. And understand them well and still not fix what they want, not mm-hmm. give them what they want. I can understand my son wants a phone. Mm-hmm. I get that. I know what that was like. Yeah. I wanted a G.I. Joe doll. <laughs> And, I, and I'm not getting him a phone and my mom didn't. Yeah. I wanted a drum set and my mom didn't get me a drum set. You should get one now. She gave me a practice pad and two sticks. Did you ever, I'm, have you ever gotten one and oh played? No. Oh, no. You no. should get one oh. now. Tell your wife that's what you want for Christmas. Uh, it's actually what I don't want. Oh, oh yeah. Sean has one. He'll let me borrow. We, had one. Oh, you had one? See, it's not worth it. Now look what Sean, Sean's not even drumming anymore. Well, my mom was right. She, we saved us a thousand bucks, whatever a drum set costs. <laughs> I want to hear you. Four thousand bucks. You don't want that. You do not want that. So, but validation is yeah. That's so without huge. needing to change somebody. Yeah, I love that. So just sit down with your kids and listen to them and just validate how they're feeling. And if they are willing to open up, then yeah. that's so huge. Don't you think too? Just helping them understand their feelings, like that's a feeling you're having. That's a feeling, mm-hmm. and just show that. 
Yeah. Like, did you notice our guest earlier was distinguishing, Tina was distinguishing between feelings and actions. Mm-hmm. And we always, you know, um, the emotion of angry is different than, so I freaked out. Mm-hmm. Freaked out's not an emotion. Yeah, that's more of an action. Anger, it's yeah. Out, yeah. So, but by having them distinguished, then it's pretty powerful because awesome. they're starting to learn. Um, we're talking with Sarah Gowans, and we are trying to um, defunkify our children. Help them, help them understand the funks they're going through. Funks? The funk they're going through. <laughs> we'll be back with Sarah Gowans. By the way, she brought some food. I did, just for you. This is so fun. It's not a McRib. It's not a McRib. (laughs) Thank heavens. I'm full. Hey, this is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right after this break. Welcome back, everybody. Cry me a river. Justin Timberlake, uh, James's favorite singer. No, no, no. Bieber is. The Beepster. How dare you. Bieberlicious. Uh, James is in the top running to be uh, just uh, Justin Bieber's um, stand, not stand in. <laughs> um, fan, what do they call him? Fan leader. Fan club president. Fan club. Fan club president. Oh, no. James is a believer. I was in a movie once where I played a president of a fan club. You, which it, movie was that? Oh, you wouldn't ever have heard of it. Why, <laughs> it is, Faith, a why is Faith laughing? Because. She's giggling. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, who, who, what club? Um, well, it was, the movie was called Stalking Turkleton. It's a long story. Yeah. I won't get into it. Stalking I Turkleton. Was, I was the stalker. No, check it out on Netflix. You won't find it anywhere. Check it, was... it out on YouTube. <laughs> Is it on YouTube? Yeah, once Faith posts it there, maybe. Check it out on the dark side of the web. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll have Sean do a review of it. Stalking Turk Okay, Turkleton. sounds good. <laughs> Sarah Gowans is joining us. Uh, she is a mom extraordinaire. She married Joe. Not a plumber. Husband extraordinaire. Not He's, Joe the plumber. Not Joe the plumber. Different Joe. Man, that guy had her 15 minutes, yeah. of, didn't he? Yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah. Uh, but you're also, you're here to teach us about, you, 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 we didn't talk about it, but you are the queen leader, the chieftain of a hot blog oh, called The Happy Gal. The Happy Gal. I love that. Many people wonder if you are Jenny Layton. Kate, by the way, Jenny said to tell you hi. Okay, tell Jenny. And hi. Oh, Jenny. Okay, the Jenny that we wonder if you are the same person. Jenny Layton, okay. yes. She's yeah. the creator of the Happy Gal. She's I the creator. I jumped on board You're earlier just, this year. What do we call you? What's your title? I'm the blog manager right now. Yeah, blog master. Yes. Okay. So, but she. But next time we said we're coming in together. So uh, yeah, I'll believe it. If you it. can handle it. I'll believe it when I see it. If you can handle it. I can handle it, but you know what? Bring food. Savory. Okay. Savory over sweet. Um, what else do we need to do to get to our kids? Because they're in a funk. So you're okay. talking validate them. So listen. Yeah. So this is this is the thing is all of us have a kind of a universal need, right? Yes. And this is it. Every person needs to feel that. Yeah. They are of worth. Yes. Their feelings matter and that someone cares about them. 
Okay. That they are of worth, that their feelings matter, and that somebody cares about them. Yep. It's cool. So that's just a universal need that everybody has. So if our if that's what our kids need to be filled inside of them, then listening to them does that. Well, so, yeah, because we listen to things that we think are valuable, mm-hmm. of worth. That uh, What was the next one? So I am of worth, my feelings matter, and someone really cares about me. That's cool. So, yeah. So um, when you so when you sit down to talk to them, there you want to validate them. We already talked about that. That's really important. So there's four rules of validation, and I got these rules from the book that I mentioned earlier. I don't yeah. have to make everything all better. So we don't have to make everything all better no. and fix it for them. But what we can do is walk them through what they're feeling and help them um, just process yeah, it and understand and, their feelings and allow, you know, it, the feeling to take its course and whatever versus so, discounting it. Like, yeah. are we going there again? Or for example, you go down to get your kids up in the morning. It's snowing outside. They're yeah. cold. So you wake them up and they go, Oh, I'm tired. I don't want to go to school. And what would you say as a parent? Usually five seconds. You've got five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> don't me at, don't, don't make me ask twice. Yeah. Or you might say, <laughs> okay, that no, was the, that's what not to do. Yeah. Okay. Thank or you. you might say, but I'm, but this is what a lot of parents might do. They might say, you know, get up. It's time for school. I don't want to go to school today. I maybe would say, yes, you do. Yeah. You want to yeah, go. Yeah, you do. Shut your mouth. Get of up. course you do. Come you on. You lazy bum. Let's go. Yeah. So you try to be, you try to tell them what they want. But what you're doing is you're discounting how they feel. Right. right? And so that's kind of just one example. That's but a great in one. so many ways, when they come to you, or they might say, I don't feel like going to school today or I don't, whatever, whatever. My, my kids like me to lecture. Like when they say, I don't feel like going to school, I'm like, do you think I feel like going to work? Do you think I do? They and lecturing works so well, doesn't it? That will take them out of the funk so yeah, fast. So Actually, it fast. puts them into another funk. I know. Don't lecture. Don't lecture. So what I wanted to do was give another option because it's so easy to know what not to do, right. but it's harder to know, well, then what do I do what instead? What am I supposed to do? So um, say now your child comes home from school and they say, I hate school. It sucks so bad. Yeah. I just don't want to go there anymore. And so instead of saying, oh, you don't hate school. You love it. <laughs> what you want to do is validate what they said. Oh, you know, I could maybe see why school can be hard sometimes, you know, yeah. and so you validate it. Anyway, so the four things that I was talking about when you're listening and validating, um, number one is, first of all, you've got to give them your full attention. Focus. Yes. Yeah. You can't be on your phone, like, listening while you're typing yeah. a text or doing whatever, because what message does that send? Don't matter. Yeah. And that's not that. Remember that universal need. My I'm of worth and my feelings matter and someone cares. So you're not sending that message. So by just sitting them down and really giving your full attention, that's huge. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. And then number two is listen to the emotions being expressed. Mm -hmm. So when they're talking to you, try to pick out um, what are the emotions that are there. Because if you don't, you'll get caught up in what they're saying. Like, I hate school. Mrs. Johnson's such a jerk. Mm -hmm. Honey. Don't call your teachers names. Yeah. And now we're fighting about something that's not the real yeah. emotion. It's not the issue. Yeah. So maybe um, listen as they're talking and let them get it all out. Just let them talk. Just yeah. keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. That's right. Let no, them. I love it. And so as they're doing that, you're you're giving them eye contact. You're maybe down on their level if they're you know littler. I will get down and just get right in their face so I'm looking right at them. Um, and then the third thing is listen to the needs that are being expressed. Mm-hmm. So not only are they 
as they're talking, they're you able to pull out emotions that they're feeling, but there's needs that are there as well. So you can pick those out too. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then um, the fourth one is understand by putting yourself in their shoes as best you can. So, for example, with the school scenario, um, you know, I hate school. I don't want to misses whoever is driving me crazy. Yeah. So you might, and then they're telling you, you know, this happened and this happened and this happened. You can say back to them what you heard, the yeah. emotions. So, oh my heck, so you must have felt really embarrassed. Yeah, embarrassed. So maybe something embarrassing happened yeah. while they were in class. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you realize they don't really hate school. They had an experience that they're embarrassed about. Right. And so by you saying it back to them, you're showing them. That's right. You're getting it. You know, and they trust you more. You now. must have felt embarrassed. And then that validates how they mm-hmm. felt. They can get it out yeah. and they'll feel so much better. And if they're not, if they like, if they don't like the word embarrassed, I'm not, I wasn't embarrassed. I just felt ashamed. Yeah. So okay. then you can say, Oh, whatever. Okay, how did you feel then? Yeah, that's right. I ask Tell my kids more. that all the time. How did that make you yeah. feel? You know what I always say too? Tell me more. So they get it, and if I'm not getting it, I'm like, tell me more, and then I try to hold it up. So so you're angry. You're angry because you didn't make the team, and that made you feel like you're not important. You're not relevant with your friends. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they're going to stop, I'm like, tell me more. I always try to ask them because my boys will just, yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Good night. That's a good one to tell know. Me more. Yeah. See, I never have to say, tell me more. Yeah, you might say, tell me less. Uh, yeah. So I like that. That's really awesome. Tell cool? me more. I'll remember that for my one that has a harder time yeah. opening up. Tell me more. There's a thing called priming, which is where – have you ever primed a pump? Have you ever primed a carburetor? Yeah. Dangerous. Well, not a carburetor. Not a carburetor. But a pump, pump. Yes. But we would – back in the 70s, people were blowing up all over the place because they're pouring fuel into an open carburetor, which is a fire oh. hole with air and fire. So it's the perfect place to die. Yeah. And that's how they, they try to get their car started that way and okay. prime the carburetor. Gotcha. And, um But – you got to be careful telling your kid like um, a lot of times we don't talk about the emotion. We talk about the interpretation. Mm-hmm. So you're not just sad. It sounds like you're sad. Tell me what you're feeling about that. We say, oh, so did you fail your test? So that's me guessing oh, why uh, they're sad. Yeah. And that's priming. And the minute you're you priming something, you could it's very potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you break up with your girlfriend again? No. Did you fall off the bus like last week? <laughs> no. Did they put your head in the toilet and flush it and do the swirly thing? So every one of those will do what to emotion? Well, you're putting thoughts. I don't know. Yeah. What does well, it do? think about it. All of a sudden now I have three for three of my mom or dad thinking I'm a wuss <laughs> and an idiot. And so all of a sudden it's going to start making me even more emotional. So one of the keys I've always seen is if I see their emotion goes up by how we're talking mm-hmm. – then we're doing it wrong. We're probably not validating or yeah. listening any of the stuff you're teaching us. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying keep your mouth shut. Yeah, Let listen. them talk. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's the thing is you don't really have to do much. All you're doing, you're not trying to fix it for them. Right. You're just helping them get it out and process it. Yeah. So that's our that's our job is to just give process them a place it. to be safe and to talk about how they're feeling. So we that's why this book that I read – and learn this about is I don't have to make everything all better. We're That's not. Right. We're not. No, we you're can't. not here to fix it. You can't fix. You like, can't. Earlier we were learning that it's just your emotion, right? Everyone has their emotion. Yeah. And you're not here to change their emotion. Mm-hmm. We're not here to move it on. I guess too, though. Again, with my boys, I don't see them. They're not just going to open up very much. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I wish they would. But see, I think most parents out there are thinking, man, why won't my son talk? 
it's usually most moms. Yeah. Like, Why won't my son open up? So then go back to that universal need of I'm of worth, my feelings yeah. matter, and so someone cares. So you can cares. reinforce it. You it can, can be done that. in so many different that's ways. exactly right. Love them. Yeah. Care Just for Just being them. there and spending time. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things I wanted to bring up is how important it is to spend one-on-one time with each of your kids. Even so if it's true. 10 minutes a day. Well, because 10 minutes yesterday and 10 minutes the day before and 10 minutes the day before is what's going to give you access on day seven. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have access on day seven if you haven't been showing them their worth. And it might be you go out with your boys and shoot hoops with them for 10 minutes. By the way, when you're shooting a hoop, they they don't know that you're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the fastest trick. You can be sneaky as That's a parent. It. It's not sit down and no. sit across. Wives and... do that all the time. <laughs> Well, wives can be sneaky too. I know. It's horrible. <laughs> How come husbands like husbands are sneaky in different ways? But like Oh, they're but sneaky. My, if I go play a game, I could go play a video game with my kids and they'll talk to me and mm-hmm. they don't even know we're talking. Yep. I could find out their locker combination. You can do dishes together, you can do whatever. There's yeah. so many different ways. No, that's different. <laughs> dishes are different. Girls must be way different than boys. They are. I, I was raised by four women, and I found out they're different. <laughs> they're so messed up. They, they think so differently than I do. And, and we're the ones messed up, Matt? I don't know. Hmm. Something to think about. It's a great thought. <laughs> Sarah Gowans. You, you did it. And you brought some goodies. Yep. And you brought Faith. I did bring Faith. She's beautiful. Good job. She doesn't <laughs> even look like Joe. Just kidding. Oh, I have a funny story about that, but we don't have time for it today. Um, You're going to stick around? Yeah. Because when we stick around, you're going to be involved in the how to be sad subject by Merit. Awesome. I can't wait. Merit's going to teach us how to be sad. Merit is a good teacher. I love listening to her. In fact, she's a professional sad person. (laughs) I don't know. We'll find out. Can't wait to hear it. We'll be back. More with Sarah Gowans. Uh, This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Wrapping it up, the last segment of the Matt Townsend Show today. We have been talking about wallowing. Wallowing, of all things, and grief and sad and funk and how you deal with it all. Uh, in the house, Sarah Gowans is here from thehappygal.com. We are happy. She's the web master. Sure. The diva of the happy gal. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people call her Jenny Layton. <laughs> Jenny and I are one. But apparently the same. they're two people. But you're saying. She's like my sister. Like a sister from sister another. from another mister. <laughs> anyway, I've never heard that. You I've haven't? heard mother from another brother. I've never heard sister from another mister. sister from another mister. I must not be hip. Come on, Matt. My kids are right. I'm <laughs> not hip. <laughs> anyway, speaking of hip. Guess who's in the house? Merit. I'm here. Meritocracy, we used to call her. Do you remember those days, Merit? I do remember those days. Today, you're talking about being sad in movies. I am. How to be sad. Is there a proper way to be sad in movies? Well, here's the thing. We've been talking this entire show yes. about being sad and basically how not to be sad. Don't be sad. But there's one place that we always go very consistently to yeah. be sad, and that's the movies. We go to sad movies I don't all go. Oh, the time. But, ugh, but so, so, Do you go to a movie to be sad? 
you know, I don't know that people literally just go to a movie to be sad. But here's some examples. So there's some movies that would be sad because they're dealing with tough subject matter like um, Saving Private Ryan or Life is Beautiful or Hotel Rwanda or Forrest Gump where it's something that's really sad and hard to deal with. But we go see it because it's a good story. It's inspiring. There are other movies that really are just plain old sad that we go see anyway like uh, Marley and Me. Or mm. Old Yeller. That's always the classic. Yeah. You know, your kids yeah. are sobbing on the couch after you watch that movie, right? Um, Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah. That one's so depressing. I, but every kid reads that book. Well, see, that's why. That don't you think that because of those, that's why we have a Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> it's possible. Nothing sad about that. Anyway, but we love movies that make us cry. So, for example, I watch It's a Wonderful Life every single Christmas yeah. and always ball at the end because it's this amazing And it's funny because you know it's coming. It's true. And I cry every single time. Then I'm like, well, I'm not going to watch that again because it's so you, emotionally draining. Okay, yeah. But we do it anyway. So there's actually, I mean, a term for this is filmmakers call it the weepies genre. Really? Like there are literally movies designed to make you cry for people to go and they watch these movies that deal with certain issues and are made in a certain sentimental way so yeah. that it's acceptable for you to cry. And that's been a staple of the movie industry yeah. since its conception. So Weepies. Yeah. But see, that's cathartic, I guess. That's like, you know, you get all this energy and you're sad and you just want to go to a movie. Kind of, yeah. So there are lots of different kind of topics, specific things. People always kind of are trying to figure out why we cry at movies um, and what kinds of things make us cry at movies. So I have a few examples. Okay. Um, women and men cry at different things. That's not yes. surprising. Oh, totally but most true. men decide, um, cite specific things like when they win against the odds. That's yes. something that makes men feel really Remember emotional. the Titans. Or understated affection. Not, uh. you know – Outward shown affection, but understated affection, whereas women, the relationships make them feel a lot more emotional. So, for example, in the movie Gravity, a woman watching it might feel a lot more emotional when the main character is talking about her daughter. Yes. Whereas the man, the men might feel more emotional at the very end when she triumphs. So, yeah. Oh. Do men cry that in is, movies? Totally. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That was a spoiler alert, but the movie's been out for over a year, so Ooh. it's past its time. Man. Anyway, <sighs> um, another thing is the passing of time. It, there's actually a study done in Stanford in 2008 that showed that really complex, hard-to-deal-with emotions arise when we think about the passing of time. And so um, my favorite example for this is in Up. So we watched, yes. you know, there's that really famous montage at the beginning where we see the entire life unfold. And it's the passing of time. We see this life evolving and that makes us really emotional because it brings up really complex emotions. That's also why um, coming of age movies when kids grow up really make people emotional, especially parents, because it reminds them about the passage of time. So this is depressing. Why do we go see this? We go see these movies all the time. And there are moments in basically every movie that will make us sad at some point, but we still go to see it. So one scientist suggested that it's kind of like kids playing pretend. So stay with me for just a little bit. So when kids play pretend, they'll, you know, pretend that they're certain people or they pretend that they're, you know, they'll play house. They'll have fake people over for dinner and have tea parties. And really, it's just a way to build up their social skills and their um, ability to empathize. And as we grow up, we stop doing that, but we still need to be practicing those yes, social skills and I building like up that our empathy. Theory. And so, because you can't just keep going to funerals. I mean, you exactly. do, but you need practice. You need practice, and you need. I mean, our lives are so busy these days; we're so disconnected from people mm-hmm. that it's a really easy way to go in and get that practice that you need to, 
you know, relate with somebody. It's good. Yeah. But see, we also seems like we we all avoid it, you know. So we'd rather go to a comedy maybe or a drama or a whatever, a spy thriller than a crier. What would you call them? A, weep- a weeper. Yeah. A weeper because it's just more entertaining. Well, but – that's not really true. If you look at box office numbers, yeah. sad movies make a lot of money. For example, oh, um, The Fault in Our Stars totally killed yes. it in the box office this summer. And that is a very sad movie. But people went to go see it. Wow. So another reason it is It also that, makes good music. That's true. <laughs> anyway. There. Another reason is that it's a safe place to express yourself emotionally. Yeah. So I don't know if you're like me, but I hate crying. I think it's just fairly uncomfortable. I don't like how my face looks. Sure. But when you're in a movie theater, it's dark. Other people are crying, and it's a safe place for you to get those emotions out. Answer me this. So you take a date, let's say. You and Jimmy, Bob. Okay. You and Jim, Bob, go to a movie, uh, whatever. What's a movie out now that's sad? Is there a movie out right now that's sad? Well, still, Fault of My Stars. Fault in Our Stars. Fault in Our Stars. Best of Me, me, apparently. Um, And your guy next to you breaks down, fluids flowing, Little snot bubbles, everything. Okay. Falls apart. You know. Does that interest you? I think if you're showing quite that much emotion, that might be a problem that you should I've get never seen it happen. Now, that? I don't know <laughs> if it's. I've, I've never seen it. What if that's going on? I mean, like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, man. No, I think I think if you're releasing that much emotion, it's a problem. But I think that. Because here's the See, thing. See, that's why we won't go there. We that's master crazy. the art of the silent cry. I don't. That's the movie. I go to movies a lot. The silent and I'm really cry. good at the that's silent true. cry. Yeah, guys are. I tears do the rolling down cry. your face. Yeah, that's you touching. If you see a man that's that's doing the yeah, silent that, that cry, touching. that's touching. Well, what that. about the wailing, gnashing of teeth, man? That's he. he held it in too long. So it's interesting. So that's a turnoff. See, that was a turnoff. That's true. But like, that's the turnoff if you're a guy or a girl. I don't yeah, care. I would agree with that. Who you are? Anyway. So basically we go, and you mentioned catharsis earlier, and that is really the reason why we go to movies is because um, it's an old – I mean this is a really old Greek idea. And I have this great definition is that catharsis is an emotional discharge through which one can achieve a state of moral or spiritual renewal or a state of liberation from anxiety or stress. So basically by experiencing this, we purge ourselves of those emotions and we're able to move past it. See, and that's that's interesting. Like Schindler's List. Sean just held up Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. That's an example. Like that was bonding. That was horribly difficult to watch. Yes, definitely. But it also, it's morally right to feel that way. Yes, Right. So then you're kind of bonded and... You feel spiritually renewed afterward. That's really cool. Yeah. So we're, you're saying we shouldn't be afraid of sad movies. That is what I'm saying is that it's a great – it's a safe place for you to yeah. feel sad. And sometimes we really do need to get those emotions out and we might as well do it in a safe place in a constructed situation. But don't go too far. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the fluids maybe at 30 percent fluid loss. 25. 25% fluid. Yeah. That's a great lesson. See, Merit, you're amazing. Oh, She's awesome. Meritocracy. That's her name. Okay. We're out of here. Sarah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I the love it. The happy gal. Everybody go check it out. Here's a quote for you. Chinese proverb. The gem cannot be polished without friction, nor man perfected without trials. True dat. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, uh, best of show tomorrow. Check in on that. And remember, we love having you uh, in our audience. We love being a part of your lives. And remember to keep finding the good in the world. 
We'll be back uh, tomorrow with the best of and Monday with more ideas, more tools to give you a leg up. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again next time.